one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everybody. Another edition of Poker Action Line here, uh, following the World Series of Poker. And a couple of things I want to talk about tonight. Uh, one on a more somber note, uh, the passing over the weekend of Kevin Roster, who, if you followed the World Series of Poker, uh, saw a great story out there. He, uh, he, he has been dying for... Uh, Actually, they told him uh, late in May that he just had weeks to live. So he decided he wanted to go out on his own terms. And uh, I want to talk about his story because uh, I probably should have mentioned, I think I mentioned it on an earlier show. I think, Joe, you said I did. Uh, I couldn't remember if I had or not. But uh, it was a great story out there. He got a little bit of airtime during the tele- televised portion of the World Series of Poker main event. He actually made it to day two, uh, but he wanted to create some awareness for his disease, which is a form of cancer known as sarcoma. And uh, a lot of people aren't familiar with it, but it's uh, it's a fairly rare form of cancer, I guess. But it starts with uh, a lump in one of your extremities, either you use either your arms or your legs, and then the cancer can be very vicious and spread to all parts of your body. And uh, he had already had a what was called a uh, hindquarter amputation which is lost one of his legs in the, uh, I guess, the upper, upper part of his uh, his, his fanny, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, and uh, was in a wheelchair, and uh, it was a great story. 36 years old, yeah. you don't want to live your life like that, and I asked you if he had a family. You said he's got a nine-year-old son. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Dave. I know you have children, but I wouldn't want my kids to see me like that either. Yeah, you know, I, exactly. It, it just got... It, it's got to break their hearts, and I'm sure, you know, what he did, he, he I, mean, I believe, right, he uh, medically took his life. Uh, yeah, he did over the last, uh, over the weekend on Friday, actually, uh, and I don't, I think it concluded over the weekend, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about his story because uh, I'm very inspired by this guy that, you know, when you know you only have a limited time to live, and instead of just accepting it and hiding and staying in bed the whole time, he fought it until uh, the very end. He went out to Vegas and played in several events and did well in a couple of them. The uh, I guess it was the uh, the Monster Stack. I believe he made day two. He finished like uh, or made day three, and uh, he f- he finished 38th in another event. Out of a 6,000 people, if yeah. I read that correctly. Yeah, and uh, got a chance to meet all of his heroes: uh, Phil Hellmuth, Daniel Negreanu. Took pictures with them. Uh, Alon McCarron, uh, and they were all really inspired by his courage and his uh, his fortitude to really kind of create awareness for this disease. He wore a hat that said, what is sarcoma? He talked to all the players on all his tables and kind of created an awareness about it, uh, whether uh, it raises a lot of money and makes any kind of difference. So, you know, we've been trying to combat cancer for 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 decades, but uh, you know we continued to uh, make strides. But uh, unfortunately, he was in a tremendous amount of pain. And uh, Greg Merson, the former uh, world champion, put him into the main event. Uh, heard us about his story and bought him into the main wow. event. He made day two, uh, which is no small feat to make it into the second day. 
and unfortunately he was he was doing okay but he went out for the dinner break and he had a, a respiratory attack during the dinner break and he was able to fight his way back and come back and play at the table but he said he had lost all concentration by then and didn't play well and and was out uh, before the end of the evening but an unbelievable story i want to talk yes, about that this tonight and, you know rest in peace and our condolences to his family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, uh, the Isle Casinos uh, Florida State Poker Championship ended uh, yesterday. The winner was Tom Giddy, uh, who is uh, a local guy here that plays in uh, all the uh, big major events that there. And uh, it was actually a five-way chop, as it turns out. He's from Port St. Lucie. But he won the first place prize money, and uh, they don't even have, they weren't even able to put out the breakdown of what exactly everybody got. They were going to get that out later today. But uh, the other people he uh, chopped with, Josh Hillock, who I've known since the very first year of the show. I met him up at the, uh, the Palm Beach Kennel Club for the circuit event back then, and uh, have talked to him many times up there. But also Alan Beeler, Kyle Anderson, and Joe Isolonia will uh, split the prize money there. Uh, I'm not sure what the breakdown is, but uh, they finished that up last night. But one of the cool things they did there, uh, one of the player, one of the uh, vloggers, who's very popular, in fact, he won Vlogger of the Year at the Global Poker Awards. His name is uh, Andrew Nimi, and uh, he does uh, a great vlog. And I, to be honest, I don't, I'm kind of a dullard when it comes to... Uh, social media and I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube and and things like that but there's some interesting entertaining stuff out there uh, where you can learn a lot uh, from some of these guys he's kind of a mid-stakes cash game player and shoots a lot of his hands and that sort of thing and he has a kind of a partner who also has his own vlog Brad Owen and they have something they call the meetup games and it started out there at the Westgate where they had a regular game but they only have six tables at the Westgate so uh, they were limited on to what they could do, but uh, as he got uh, more popular, he uh, he won this award uh, at the Global Poker Awards and decided uh, through some of his contacts that he would take these games different places during tournaments, and they uh, went to Reno during Run It Up Reno, had a game there. They went to Maryland Live, had a game there, and they came here to the aisle, and uh, two days before the main event of the Florida State Poker Championships, they had this game, and I think they, the turnout was like 15 or 16 tables. Wow. And uh, pretty interesting game. They have a lot of bomb pots and things like that, some fun different things they add into it. And it's a great social time, and, and I loved uh, talking with him uh, on Monday. And we're going to play that interview in the middle part of our segment of our show. But he's a very interesting guy, and... Uh, We'll hear from him a little bit later, but uh, there's certain things happening out there that, you know, not everybody is following that closely, and, uh, you know, it's creating a lot of interest in the game. Well, yeah, and there's, you know, poker has so much, and like you said, when things change up like this, it's hard for everybody. I mean, the, the, you know, it, it's exploded. We have tournaments every week, so... This is good that I like that he's bringing it to a lot of different places. It's a great story, and we'll hear from him uh, during tonight's program, uh, Andrew Nimi. So um, I wanted to give a couple of results. Uh, besides the Florida State Poker Championships also ending out in Choctaw, as the new season got underway for getting underway for uh, the WSOP circuit, uh, Hollis Holcomb 
won the main event out there, the $1,700 main event for $255,000, uh, beating Vince Moscati of uh, Verplank, New York, uh, in head-to-head play. Also, uh, the Triton Series getting underway, which is the biggest buy-in tournament that there, there's ever been because it's a, it's a slightly over a million uh, euros, which uh, converts to about $1.2 million. Just beating out the, uh, the big one for one drop? Exactly. But they are... Uh, they are getting underway in London, and that is today. They've they've had it every other year since about 2012, and um, usually in London, but they've had it in Vegas a couple times as well. But all the big name players, are, uh, the high roller players, are playing. But a very interesting format, and uh, the fact is, you have to be invited to play in this, and it's mostly recreational players and businessmen. And then they, in turn, can invite, invite guests. So you have to have an invitation from one of the invited players to play in this thing. As it turns out, it'll Now, can they invite a professional? Yes. The, they, that's, that's the idea, is to invite the prof- for them to invite professionals, but not get in directly. So you got players like... Is there a limit to how many players, uh, you no? know, like they did with the big one uh, many years ago? No. And, you know, no? No, they just kind of opened it up. Uh, Justin Bonomo, David Peters, Fader Holtz, Jason Kuhn, Dan Smith, Stephen Chidwick. The lower, the lower end of the poker world. Is that what you're trying to say? The lower end of the all the huge, the lower end of of the top pros and the high rollers. And you look at their uh, overall career winnings. You got Bonomo with 45 million dollars in career earnings. Uh, You know, all guys. Bonomo right now probably arguably probably the best player over the last year and a half, two years. Yeah, him and him and Chidwick, I would say. You know. Uh, but you got also you got Rick Solomon and some of these guys that play in these big high roller tournaments. But uh, the invitations uh, went out and, uh, and to uh, the invited players. But the very bizarre thing, and let me find exact wording on that, uh, how they play this thing, is they kind of segregate the, the players who are in, uh, the businessmen and rec players they invited. So the, the pros play against each and other? And the pros play separately to start out with the tournament. They're segregated in the, in, in the, in the beginning. Now, is this a freeze-out? For, for the first six levels of play. Oh, yes. okay, so it's not a freeze-out. Well, it's not per table? No, it's not a... It's not a uh, but in essence, depending on how many showdown, pros... It's uh, not a showdown. Well, well, a shootout. A, a shootout. shootout well, yeah, a freeze-out, same thing, like where well, you get one winner from each table? No, that's, that's a shootout. But the freeze-out is just only one buy-in. That's... Uh, that's what it is, but but the shootout is what you're talking about, where you go down to the table. But they do, they will uh, split the players for the first six levels of play, no late registration allowed, and then they will do their best. They say to keep the tables relatively balanced between the invited players and the guests. So after six levels. After six levels, and they said they uh, uh, an invited player and his direct guest that they invited play the will table. not play on the same table until the final table. I like that. So it's kind of interesting. It start, started today. Well, actually, starts later today, uh, 1 p.m. over in uh, London, uh, which is uh, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, our time. And uh, some great players. Some more than 50 players are registered, and uh, they'll play, they'll play uh, that one down. But uh, obviously going to be a huge uh, first prize. But the cost is uh, 1,050,000 euros, which is 1.283 in the ex- current exchange rate. And when is it that they're going to have this? It's tar- it's tomorrow through uh, through the weekend. And have they announced any amount of 
uh, people that have well, already registered? Well, they, they have the people that have been invited and are entering in the tournament, basically. But to see who actually shows up, they don't know until they will know till later today. Oh, so these people have been invited but have not put well, up the the, exactly. the, the entry they, fee. They, yet. they pay when they get there. I okay. Guess. Anyway, it's been. Have uh, they put a number as to what they expect? What they, they're they said there's a little over 50 players in, 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 that have signed up. That have signed up. All right. So we'll be keeping on that. It's called the Triton Million Live, and uh, it's uh, a party poker uh, uh, tournament. Sponsored. All yeah. right. Good. Bobby Baldwin is playing, and then uh, guys like uh, Carrie Katz and. Uh, Will they names. have like Go Poker or something, uh, you know, televising this? I don't know about that. I haven't heard of any. This uh, sounds like something that you know would be very interesting to, yeah, to do absolutely. that on a twenty-minute, half-hour delay or whatever it is. They said that four of the five players that cashed in the big one-for-one one drop, the one million dollar buy-in tournament uh, in last year, uh, is are playing in this event. So it's a it's the Triton Super wonder, High Roller Series. I wonder if Antonio and uh, you know some of these uh, guys that have won the big one uh, are going to be invited to this. Which one? Antonio Esfandari. Uh, I don't believe he is on the list. No, they have a list of all the players. Oh, of all the pros that have been invited. Well, the pros uh, who have pros? been invited by the right. Invited, well, yes, yeah, right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. They've been I given the invitation. Name. Yeah, no? I don't see his. Daniel don't see neither. His don't see Daniel on here. Uh, Sam Greenwood, you know, and some big names, but not not every big name. Dan Cates, Tony G, and don't see Leon Sukernik, you know, the the guy who runs the Kings Casino, the where the World Series of Poker okay. Europe is. Tom Dwan is playing, and Bill Perkins, who plays in a lot of the high roller events. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on that one as well. That'll be interesting to find out as well. Anyway, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Kevin Rack's roster. And uh, then we will get to the interview with uh, Andrew Nemi a little later in the show. So let's take our first break of the show, and uh, we'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we hope you stick around for a very interesting show tonight here from South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. All right, class, let's hear what everyone did this weekend. Jill? Well, I raised my older sister to a big oak tree. It was at least a 100 years old. My mom said I must have set a record or something. And then we went down by a stream and perched up on this huge rock and saw all of these little minnows swimming around way below us. And then I rescued my little brother from an evil slug king who was guarding him at the bush fortress. And my sister and I brought him back to our super twig for for safety. And then we all laid out and told stories until it got dark. And the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Awesome. Where were you, Jill? Yeah. We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Anyone want to come this weekend? <laughs> Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week and find the fun, adventurous you. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad... WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back, McDave and Joe. And uh, I was really moved by this story. So I want to get back to this uh, Kevin Roster story. I don't know if you had a chance to. You didn't see much of the uh, tournament, so you may not have seen him. Uh, he's a guy who um, actually had his own. Well, he, he was an online player until Black Friday. And so he had to find another way to make a living. Uh, all those years, he had a collectibles business that, uh, you know, he turned to, I guess, it did about $100,000 worth of business a year. And uh, was an avid poker player, played in the New Jersey area and over in Philly. And so he was a South Jersey guy. Yeah, so he wanted to. Uh, he wanted to go out on his own terms, basically, is what the oh, story God is, because him. he had this sarcoma, and it got really bad. Had the amputation, a hindquarter amputation. Uh, earlier this year, they told me he had less than six months to live. In May, he actually got the prognosis that he just had weeks to live. So he had made these plans to go out and try to, uh, you know, touch as many lives as possible and uh, create awareness for the disease. And, you know, obviously not that many people... When you heard the word sarcoma, you may have heard of it, but you didn't know much you know, about it. Everybody, everybody's going to have to face that at one time or another. You know, when it's when you think it's your time to go, and you know, like he said, he could have stayed home and cried about it, and just you know. But you know, I think this is just an incredible thing to do, and not everybody has the courage to do that yeah, either, and especially at that age of 36, being so young. So you know, God bless him. I hope he's resting in peace, and yeah, hopefully. I'm hoping that his family, you know, is also has found some peace. You know, well, he that put no he, longer he put some videos on YouTube, so he kind of documented basically his final days, including uh, last week when he could barely breathe and and uh, was laying in bed and gave his kind of final remarks to people, and then uh, passed away on Friday when he had uh, he was in hospice care, and he actually had uh, assisted. Uh, a suicide over the over the weekend, starting on Friday, and uh, a lot of people are, it's really are crazy go crazy about that and are very unhappy about that. But to me, uh, you know, if you know you're going to die and you're in tremendous pain, uh, it'd be, it's nice to be able to, uh, you know, go out on your own terms yeah, and rob yeah. cancer of the of the prize. You know, yeah, basically, yeah. That's and, how put and, it. and you go out on your terms, not 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 on cancer's terms. You know, and I always get upset. You know, obviously the religious people get upset that you shouldn't be taking your own life and I don't know about you Dave but I can't believe that a god is going to be upset with you because you're trying to stop you know suffering and right. it's not only you suffering you know it's your family suffering along with you and that they can't they're helpless that they can't help you and watching you go through that pain I don't know about you but I don't I don't ever if I get into that situation I wouldn't want my children my grandchildren my wife to see me you know, I know how much pain it's going to put yeah. them through, and I wouldn't want that. I'd I'd rather try to, if if I had the courage to take my own life like he did, uh, with 
you know, uh, medical assistance, however it's called, suicide assistance, however it is, you know, you have to have the courage to do that, too. Well, there is an organization called Compassion and Choices. It's uh, basically was started. There was a very, uh, a lot of publicity when the, there was a young woman, a beautiful young woman uh, in their late 20s that, that created a lot of awareness about two years ago. Well, her name was Brittany Maynard, and she documented her whole uh, end-of-life uh, situation. And uh, I have contributed money to them. I think, uh, I, I, I believe it's something that people should be able to do. But there's only seven states that allow it, uh, slowly growing. Uh, New Jersey, where he lived, had passed the law, but it was not instituted yet until late late August. He said, that's not going to help me. So he moved, actually, to California, Rancho Cordova, California, so he could obtain the doctor-prescribed drugs to uh, end his life in his own terms. So uh, he went out to the series. He finished 38th in the Monster Stack uh, out of 6,000-plus entries, earned $22,000. He also had a 24th-place finish in a $1,500 event. And got back uh, to play the main event after Greg Merson, a former champion, bought him into the event. Uh, During the dinner break of day two, his uh, health took a turn for the worst, and he busted out that night, as I mentioned. So he felt really disappointed. In fact, he tweeted, you know, I feel like I let everybody down, you know. I'm going back to California tomorrow. He said, uh, I had an attack during the dinner break, and in spite of my best efforts to use the oxygen machine to bring my blood oxygen over 80, I couldn't do it. So just a horrible situation. Uh, anyway, he went back and felt a little bit better. I was able to make a trip to Reno for a shot at the uh, $500 online Summer Saver event. So he finished 123rd out of 1,800 players on that one. So pretty good player. Four caches altogether at the series. Got a chance to meet Helmuth and, and Negreanu and people like that. So it was a, a well fun for him as well. You know what? Considering what he had to go through, he got to do his bucket list, was very successful, got to meet the people he wanted to. You know, man, I got goosebumps talking to you about this, Dave. You know, that's a man who went out on pretty much on his own terms with, with his bucket list and on how his life was going to end. Here so. was the letter he wrote at the end. He said, at this point, it is my belief and the belief of my doctors that the disease which is overrunning my body will shortly be taking me either way. I take this decision not at all lightly and would like to have been able to do more. I missed out on many items from my bucket list, but I had to take them where I could get them as my health went downhill more quickly than I could have anticipated. At this point, the disease is holding me hostage, and I am taking back control if I have tried to at every crucial step of my journey. So he let people in on the uh, finality of it all, and uh, it's touched a lot of lives. And, uh, you know, anybody that – there was all kinds of people out at the World Series that came up to him and had heard his story and hugged him, and, and they basically cried together sometimes. I was just going to say, how can you not? And I mean, you know, if you see him there, it, it makes us all stop and think, Dave, if we were in, in that man's shoes, you know. And, again, uh, Rest in peace, Kevin. Rest in peace. Brave man. Yeah, absolutely. So that story is concluded, but hopefully his legacy will move, live on. Uh, to create the awareness that he has has been very beneficial to uh, hundreds of thousands of people. And now, basically his, his whole point to people was when you feel a lump in a, any part of your body, especially in, in, the, in the limbs, you know, uh, he said, 
demand to uh, to have it uh, looked at, looked at, and not only just taking the doctor's decision because this is what happened to him. The doctor said, "Nah, it's not a big deal." And three months went by, and then it was doubled in size by that time, and yeah, it was too late to really do anything. Then it became a big deal. So he said he wants people to uh, insist on a biopsy and have it checked out uh, and measured, not just some doctor's opinion of what he sees by looking at it. So pretty crazy. Uh, so they will they will try to uh, keep his thoughts alive and uh, create uh, well, more awareness as, as things move on, and people have uh, donated, and uh, he has a... He has a uh, a website called uh, CureSarcoma.org, Kevin Rack's roster. Well, let me tell you, we all know, being sports fans here in this this room right now, the the Jimmy V Foundation and, and everything and what it's grown to. And you know, I, I you know, sometimes I still choke up with the speech that he gave. Absolutely. You know, knowing that he was going very shortly, and. You know, maybe it's now time for maybe the WSOP getting, you know, some of this thing and the poker community trying to do something in, in honor of this man's memory and his courage. And he actually has a blog where he wrote some of his final letters. If you want to read it, look at any of the videos. Uh, MySarcomaCancerStory.com. So uh, check that out. But uh, very touched by that. And uh, uh, really is the story for me of... Uh, you know this World Series. Uh, obviously, Hossein and San uh, took down the title in a very uh, cool final table. But uh, you know, again, this is one of the outside things. Sometimes for the bad, you got a Will Kasuf. Sometimes for the good, you got a John Hess. But for me, this will be Kevin uh, Roster uh, story. Yeah, and you know, as sad as we all knew what the final outcome was going to be, he turned this into into some sort of very positive. You know, absolutely. You know, getting the word out there and, and touching many, many people out there. Uh, let's get to uh, our interview with Andrew Neamey, uh because uh, it, it's a pretty interesting uh, thing. Obviously, we don't have all these TV programs that we used to have, the high stakes poker at night, and some of the entertainment of. Uh, you know, there are some TV programs, and obviously, the World Series will be uh, on weekly, coming soon. But. Uh, uh, this is a different part of the poker world that a lot of people don't realize, and that's the cash games, especially the mid-stakes cash games that a lot of grinders go through, and he's able to shoot some of this stuff and basically teach people a lot about the game. And uh, you can pick up some things. You don't have to sign up for a uh, card runners or some sort of video service. Uh, Jonathan Little has a has a great thing, a rep porters uh, group. Uh, you know, uh, out there in on the West Coast, and and you can learn a lot from some of those things. And I don't uh, downplay those because there's a lot of different ways you can learn. But uh, on a very free basis, you can uh, go to YouTube and uh, search Andrew Nemi, uh, Brad Owen, and some of the other vloggers, and you see some interesting uh, stories. He, the one I watched uh, the other day, was from the tag team championship, where they shot all the the stuff from that tournament and cut it together. And they didn't they didn't uh, make a big run or anything like that, but uh, it was kind of interesting uh, how you got a chance to look at some of the hands and how they worked out. But you can learn a lot. Yeah, uh, well now you can as you're watching it in what is close to real time. You know, uh, people used to always ask me. Remember when they used to show a lot of these? Um, uh, when they used ESPN used to put a lot more of the different tournaments instead right. of just the main event. And they go, oh, is that how they play? And you know, and it's edited, obviously. And and um, yeah, I tell people, I go, yeah, you, you know, you see how this guy's pushing uh, this particular hand, 
I go, there's a lot of information and a lot of playing with certain people before he's made this move. You know, you're not seeing this move made in the first 20 minutes of, of the main event right. being played. And, and, you know, people who were new to the game and just starting to learn it, it took them quite a while to understand that. You know, because they go, oh, look at this guy. He just pushed with this hand. And I used to tell him, I go, you know, He's not doing that at the very beginning of the tournament. You know, right, he's doing right. it after he's gotten some information and played with some of these players, and he knows he's anticipating a certain move because of of his, of his pushing all in with what looks like a really bad hand there, because he's putting his opponent on a, on another bad hand or a hand that didn't get there, and people don't realize that they think this is how they played the whole throughout the whole tournament. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's hear what Andrew had to say. Uh, he lives out in Vegas and uh, plays out there on a regular basis. He shoots some of his stuff. Uh, came here and did his meetup game last week with Brad Owen. They had a really nice turnout for that. And we talked about that and several other things uh, on Monday. I'm with Andrew Nemi here at the Isle Casino Florida State Poker Championships. And uh, mainly in town, I guess, to uh, run your uh, meetup game, which they had earlier in the week here. Uh, getting very popular here, and I want to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to congratulate you on your poker vlog, which uh, was awarded the award at the Global Poker Awards this year uh, as the top vlog. And uh, what's that mean to you? You know, it's a it's an interesting award because it's uh, you know what makes the best poker vlog. You know what makes anything the best uh, anything when it's like extremely subjective like that. Um, it's always cool to get a get an award, something tangible that you can put on the shelf. Because I've, uh, for the longest time, just been a cash game player, and you know nothing really changes. There's not too many accolades that you get as a cash game grinder, uh, especially you know two five and five ten level. You fly under the radar a lot, but uh, when you can you know put a trophy up there, you kind of feel like you. Uh, kind of feel like a tournament player you know you you have something to, to show for your efforts um and it's you know it's great it's like I, i've put a lot of work into the channel and uh it's it the channel means a lot to me and to have someone recognize it it's uh it's cool it's nice plus you don't get to put on a suit too often no i, I do not no i uh, almost never i think i put on a suit once or maybe twice uh, in the two and a half years that i've been doing the vlog well uh i have to say that today was the first time i actually sat down and watched your blog, your vlog, uh, which is a reflection on me, not of you. Obviously, uh, everyone's seen your stuff and loved it. And I loved it today, too, when I saw it. I watched the uh, the tag team uh, video, sure. which was very entertaining. I thought it was a lot of fun. Thanks and I a lot. obviously will go back and watch more. Cool. But uh, certain responsibility comes along with doing a vlog when you start to get popular. Uh, do you feel like you have the need to bring more people to the game and represent uh, the game of poker? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I feel uh, feel a need to. I guess I sort of just feel a need to uh, generally present myself that, in a way that I would be happy with and a way that I would be proud of, or maybe like how my parents would be proud of. Um, so I think if you go about that pursuit, um, then the results will probably come in some fashion. You know, there's a lot of discussion about. Uh, different ways that we can grow poker or if poker can even be grown or if it will you know always remain uh, at this very niche level and uh, you know I don't I don't know I don't have the answer to, to those questions really um, but I think you know utilizing um, you know new media and uh, focusing on some things that maybe the, the traditional at least like the traditional poker media wasn't focusing on um, such as you know the the cash games and the poker stakes that everybody the, the, the biggest 
section of the poker playing audience is playing. Uh, I think when you do that, you know, you, you, you utilize some new tools, then maybe uh, things things will grow. Um, but as far as a responsibility as an ambassador, I just try and uh, you know just try and be myself and hopefully conduct myself in a reasonably respectable fashion. I think the game continues to grow. Just the government standing in the way really the only problem. Yeah, that definitely does not help <laughs> in any in any sense. Well, I'm kind of a social media dullard, so uh, you know I think it's understandable that I wouldn't uh, spend a, a lot of time on YouTube and different places uh, like that. But uh, you certainly reach the younger player that uh, you know was the. Uh, online player you know in the yeah. mid, mid aughts before uh, the government kind of stepped in so sure. you're it's, bringing those guys back it's interesting you know I, I think we get a we get a wide uh, spectrum in the in the demographics you know and I I don't know if it uh, applies to anyone more than than another um, I think it just depends on each person and how much time you know these are pretty long-form videos so I definitely don't blame you Dave for not having <laughs> the time to watch uh, 25 minute vlogs while you're making your own podcast and doing your own things um, you know, but if someone is uh, just getting started in poker and they want to see, you know, how to, you know, you see, you see someone buying into a cash game, it's something that they've never uh, maybe seen before. You know, they see people play tournaments uh, on ESPN, but maybe they've never seen this process before. So maybe there's a lot of new new players that'll take to it. Um, and then, yeah, we get uh, we get an older demographic as well, and we see that at the meetup games too. Uh, the meetup games, uh, talking about growing, I know that you are playing at the Westgate, which only has six, six tables. So yeah. now you're traveling all over the country to these huge rooms like uh, Maryland Live, here at the Isle, and some other big places, Reno. And uh, it's really getting pretty popular. You've got to be thrilled with uh, the growth you've had over the last six months. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, it's been really fun. It's been really fun. These games are uh, you know, a little bit of a, a change, maybe uh, from... The, the, the nine-handed, two-blind grind that is uh, No Limit Hold'em. Um, you know, we, we incorporate bomb pots and, and things like that pretty frequently. I think there's an above-average number of drinks that are had at, at our games. Um, and it's, it's a lot of uh, table talk and banter um, on average. Um, but again, we get a mix. You know, we, we do get some people who are just there to grind, and that's totally fine, too. Um, but yeah, it's been really cool uh, to, see, to see the growth of that. And it, maybe it speaks to um, the the need for uh, another breath of fresh air, um, maybe switch up the uh, the game of Hold'em uh, a little of, bit. Kind of make poker fun again. Then. Yeah, that's sort of the uh, that's sort of the you know the vibe or the, the effort that we go for. It's supposed to be a social night of poker generally. Um, again, we don't shun anybody from showing up, but um, I sort of I, I think my co-host Brad Owen and I I think we sort of look at ourselves as like uh, somewhat somewhat of a bridge between. Um, poker as a recreational pursuit and a professional pursuit. Um, you know, we're, we're basically 5'10 players in Las Vegas um, grinding out a living, but uh, we, I think we very much both think and agree um, on the fact that you need recreational players in order for poker to, uh, you know, to be a viable pursuit yeah, as a professional. So we try and reach out and, uh, you know, tip our hat to that aspect of poker. You're not really a tournament player, so now you're getting a chance to travel a little bit, play in some tournaments. Uh, are you enjoying that aspect of the game? Yeah, uh, especially when uh, you make it into the money, as we just did. Uh, I am not proud of the uh, two and a half big blinds that I think I squeaked <laughs> into the money here with. Uh, hey, $2,500, $2,500. Exactly, yeah, $2,500 cash. Um, yeah, tournaments can be fun. Uh, you know, it's it's everyone knows how much variance there is in tournaments. Uh, there's the variance in the emotion as well. You know, it can be very frustrating, and uh, it can be 
extremely thrilling compared to a cash game. You know, there's no feeling like going deep in a tournament. So it's it's pretty fun. You you mentioned Brad, who uh, was in the tag team with you uh, in the video I watched today, and along with Mr. Gomez. And, uh, between the two of you, the two blogs, you have over 200,000 people who follow you there. Yeah. So uh, you guys are two of the most prolific uh, vloggers that, that are around. Uh, and you won the award over guys like Doug Polk and Daniel Negreanu and, and people like that. So um, how are you handling the fame part of it? Uh, it's been pretty cool. I think, I, think if, um, I think if this project, if I had started it when I was younger, uh, I'm 39 years old now. So you know, I started this two and a half years ago. If I had started this when I was in my 20s and, you know, I get a lot of requests or offers from people to, to buy me a beer when they come into town. If I had started this back then, I would have probably accepted every <laughs> single offer from every person that comes into town. Um, nowadays, I think I'm a little bit more level-headed. I don't think, I don't think I'm personally, like, my, uh, my personality is going to change too much. You know, when you're younger in your 20s and 30s, you go through a lot of changes personally. And uh, you're able to be molded a little bit. Uh, based on your surroundings and things so I think that would have affected me a lot more back then uh, it's cool though because everyone is just so nice and so friendly that comes up especially like you know in the casinos they come up and say hi and they watch the videos and it's, it's really cool and what are you going to do for the future as far as the, the blog goes have you been driven to put out more product or um, going to rest on your laurels for a little while it's a, it's a very good question uh, you know it's interesting this, this vlog this poker vlog pursuit there's no um you know, there's no blueprint that you follow. Uh, there's nobody that's really done this before. Yeah, and you're like, a pioneer. Sort of, yeah. I mean, there's other, you know, there's other mainstream bloggers and stuff, and you can kind of see what they're up to. But, you know, as far as going into casinos and, you know, uh, poker games and maybe doing things like uh, turning it into a league or something like that is an option. Um, you know, I, honestly, I'm not sure. Just kind of going with the flow here. We're definitely going to be doing more of the, more of the meetup games. Um, we haven't done it internationally yet. Uh, we did... I, I should say we did. We went to Canada once, but we need to go to That's Europe. Not We'd like to go to Europe, <laughs> uh, at least to another continent. Um, so you know, there's plenty of things to uh, still uh, get after and keep it interesting. Uh, what brought you to South Florida to bring it uh, to the aisle here? Did they contact you? Uh, are you trying to actually actively go out and solicit more big rooms, or what's yeah. going on with that? Uh, to be honest, I can't remember this specific room, if it was us reaching out to them or, or vice versa, uh, because sometimes it happens each way. Um, but, yeah, we're definitely trying to reach out to different rooms um, that you know have the space for a, a, a decent-sized gathering and who are also willing to, uh, you know, try something different, try something new. Um, you know, YouTube is such an amazing platform uh, to be able to, you know, show off uh, a certain aspect of, of poker, for example, and, and show off the property. Um, I could definitely understand that uh, a casino might be a little bit hesitant to allow two random dudes with cameras uh, to cr capture all the footage that they, that they want and then upload it without them having a say in what that looks like. Um, but so far, you know, every uh, property that we've done one at, they, 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 we always uh, get invited back and they see the value in it and they um, totally get behind it. It's just that initial, uh, taking that initial step into it. Um, so, yeah, definitely looking to uh, do some more spots. I need to come to the hometown of Detroit and have a meetup game because we haven't done that one yet. So that's, that's a priority. You've got places to go there, definitely. Yeah. Um, you've been here in Florida. Just here kind of as a final question. What is your impression of South Florida poker from what you've seen? Uh, I guess I don't know if you've been to other rooms down here or what, but uh, you had a chance to play in a tournament here. Uh, do you evaluate it as a pool of fish or? Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, or, or what have you seen since you've been here? I wouldn't go that far. I mean, anytime you get out of Las Vegas, I think it's going... To, for me, it's, it feels like a, uh, a breath of fresh air. Um, there's a lot of grinders that play uh, in Las Vegas. You know, it's obviously a very, very attractive city for the young grinder to uh, call home. Um, rake is low, lots of games, lots of entertainment, um, reasonably good, good to great weather. Uh, so I think any, anywhere is going to be maybe slightly less grinders. Um, here, it's, uh, you know, somewhere on the scale. It's, it's, I wouldn't call it, like, you know, the fishiest place I've ever played at, um, but also less professionals that live here compared to Las Vegas, so somewhere in the Although middle Although that's there. changing, too, I guess. Is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. People come down here because there are a lot of good rooms. Will you stick around and play the Seminole Hard Rock uh, Poker Open? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it over. We have uh, a couple other dates on the calendar going over to Chicago for the first time, yeah. our, our first uh, Midwestern meetup game, so looking forward to that one on the 16th and 17th of August. Um, so I haven't I haven't checked out the uh, the calendar for the, the Seminole yet. I know the game here was great. The 16, 17 tables or something, something like, like that. that. I think maybe Everybody 15. had fun. I heard a lot of good comments. So uh, congratulations and uh, good luck with the expansion of that. I guess it's a whole new niche you probably never thought of when you first got into vlogging that you would uh, turn it into this uh, traveling and, and, uh, and fun package. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's It crossed my mind that I could maybe use the vlog to promote a game, but I never would have guessed, you know, 15 tables in Florida or something like that. You know, it's 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 unfathomable and it's awesome. Well, you made the money and you're on break now, so you can get the hell out of here pretty quick, I would think, <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. We'll see what I can do with my 2.5 big months, but I don't have super high hopes. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. It. Cheers. Okay. That is Andrew Nemi and uh, another very successful tournament. I guess, uh, you know, I, I, I do have to note that, remember the Florida State Poker Championship, which is like the jewel of the Isles tournament. Right. That was the one when Mike Smith had the $1 million guarantee. Yeah. And, uh, we talked I still about remember that, that interview with him, uh, a lot of that interview that we had with him uh, shortly after that. Absolutely. Do you remember? Yeah, he goes, after that first day, I was sweating bullets because of, you know, the amount of people that turned out, but he did meet that guarantee. Right. Well, slowly the, uh, you know, and I, I don't, you know, want to run down uh, uh, the management that took over after Mike Smith left, uh, Stan uh, had some good things to do over there at the aisle, but they've slowly kind of uh, lost some of their luster as far as popularity in this town. Obviously, it's very tough to battle the hard rock, and uh, there's certainly a lot of other great places but, that have But you know what? And... Dave, being a poker, he battled them just fine, didn't he, Mike Smith, when he was there? Oh, yeah, he did. Okay. Granted, they didn't get to the to where they are now back then, but still, they, they were that 800-pound gorilla in the room, and Mike Smith was able to... You know, maintain the, the 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 same amount of business, the the dollars at the end of the month. You know, that's the reason I'm sure he he was able to get the Maryland Live job. You right. know, and um, you know, no discredit to Stan, like you said, he did do some things there. But you know, there's a lot more involved in running a poker room than just you know opening the doors, trying to put some of the promotion together. You 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 know, you need to work and I don't know about you, but I know that some of the dealers that I know there and other people that I know there stand in, and some of the players, too, that that go there that I know very well. Right. They didn't feel that same, let's say, love that they felt or, you know, that same appreciation that they got up from Mike Smith and his staff there at that right. time. You know, and that all starts from the top. Well, Ken Lambert doing a great job there now has come in. Ken's a veteran of the of the. Uh, 
of the industry for many years. His father had a big name in the business as well. But he's doing a nice job. Unfortunately, uh, they had a tournament uh, in one of their major series, an $1,100 tournament that fell quite a bit short of the guarantee. And they're a little more sensitive to that now. So this tournament, for the first time, uh, the main event was only a 300000 guarantee. I don't know how much of a difference that makes, but for many years it was half a million. And, uh, you know, not to take the, the chance. The buy-in of, was 1100 No, the buy-in for this one was 1500 1500 so. But it, it was an $1,100 event that uh, fell way short earlier in the year. And I think they're a little more careful now. But the $1,500 buy-in and the 300000 they made, uh, they did like the prize pool, I think, about 360000 uh, when all well, As long as you done. make that guarantee, you know, everybody's happy. They made, they, they. They beat it by 20% to get the 360 mm-hmm. house-made money. Sometimes you have to make those adjustments, uh, Dave. You know, as a manager, you know, as a director, you know, you, you can't keep running tournaments that are not making those guarantees. And, and, you know, management looks up at you. And isn't there a new ownership also at the Yeah, Isle? the Eldorado company uh, bought, them, uh, bought out uh, Isle, Isle Capri. Were they uh, the ones who brought in Ken Lambert? Or was he there before uh, the sale? I do not know exactly. I'll be honest. I think yeah, Kyle no. still owned it, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Okay. So, you Any, know. Anyway, what I wanted to ask you was, uh, you've been working at your room down at Casino Miami, and uh, have you noticed a big difference over the last uh, two weeks since the series ended? People well, actually, we've s- we have seen a little bit of a difference. You know, our, you know, our room isn't anywhere near where we'd want it to be now. We're happy where it's at. Growing little by little, you know, we, we know this is a lot different animal now for us than when I was given the reins in 2012 and, you know, did not have Hialeah right next door to me. You know, my competitor was Magic City and Calder in, Bra- in Dade, and, you know, we did quite well. And as I told people, you know, you look at the numbers, we didn't make much of a dent. I honestly thought that we were going to make a bigger dent on Magic City and as I tell everybody, you know, we didn't even forget about smacking them in the face. We didn't even tickle them. Yeah. You know, when they dropped, I believe, the first few months, 30000 from from, you know, those figures that they had been running. And when you're making close to 700000 and lose 30000 you know, it, it, it's, it's really, you know, that's something that might have even been of, oh, let's see if a few of their players came over just for a little bit of interest, some of the top promotions that I was given, the dollar amounts that I was given out, and now it's a little different, because now I got, you're, you're, you're in the middle of two monsters that are producing almost $700,000 a month in, in revenue, and our room is half the size that it was before, right. so, you know, we have to approach this a lot differently, you know, as far as our promotions, and this is a, a slow, you know, growing process, as opposed to where... I was told, you know, I had to come in swinging, and, uh, you know, Jose, who's now the manager, director, was given a little different uh, setup for that. So, you know, we're we're doing okay, and, you know, every month we're trying to change some of the things up to try to, like I tell people, when you got a room like ours, you don't grow by making, filling it up one day. You got to grow by making it grow one table on a consistent day, you know, for a month. And then hopefully you get another table, half a table. And that's how you build it up. And then, you know, you, 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 customer service is really big. 
we can't compete with all of their promotion do- right. dollars, Dave. So you got to well, find a different angle to try to keep your people there and keep them happy. Well, the Isle Casino, uh, 38 tables, I think they have, and uh, usually full most of the time. I was over there on Monday. Now, it was a Monday, and it was a late afternoon into early evening, but uh, they had the t- two or three tables uh, when I got there. I think maybe even four tables left from the tournament. Uh, the main event. They also had another tournament going down, which is down to the final two tables. But outside of that, there was probably only about maybe 10 or 12 tables. Uh, well, let me used. tell you something. I, I spoke with a few people, and the WSOP this year really did hurt a lot of rooms in June and early part of July. You know, you, you just looked at those numbers and you could see them. Yeah. You know, the promotions they were giving out a month earlier, you know, they would have four, five, six tables more. Right. You know, and then you look around saying, well, okay, maybe they went to one of the other ones. You you know, you check on your Bravo system outside of Magic City. I think just about everybody's on the Bravo system down here. And guess what? You know, the numbers were all down yeah, I'm by sure three, were. four, five tables in some places, even more in others. So, Well, the uh, their main competition for the Isle is probably Seminole Coconut Creek, uh, which is right down the road on Sample there uh, and 441. They uh, will be hosting the... Uh, Circuit event, uh, September 16th through the 30th. So that will pick up uh, the action there. Uh, tomorrow, August 1st, uh, starts the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. So a lot of big names from around the country will be coming in. That will create some excitement and draw some people over there, I would think. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm sure Ken is probably thinking along the line of how, like, the Venetian and the Aria and all these things, when they have these big tournaments... Maybe have something, you know, not too far away from the hard rock of of trying to lure some of the smaller players into over there and, and run your own tournaments and see if the overflow of people that come into town, you can get some of them going there. By the way, uh, I don't know if you heard, but I was told that uh, Pablo Perez has left Coconut Creek to go to Seminole Hard Rock Tampa. I did not know that. He's going to be running their big room over there? Uh-huh. Good for Pablo. So I don't know who they're going to replace him with, but I need to find that out uh, in the next few days before the uh, circuit event gets to town here. But they obviously, I don't know if they'll go outside to bring somebody in or use one of their other people, but uh, uh, we'll see what happens uh, over there. But big changes over there. The Tampa facility is doing a huge, obviously we know what's happening here with the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood with the guitar-shaped hotel. And the brand-new poker room is coming along great. So they'll be open there, but they also did a $2.2 million uh, expansion over in Tampa, and so that, that room is, well, uh, let is me tell you, turning into something that, huge. That's that's a lot of confidence in Pablo to move them from Coco to uh, Tampa. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that's their second, you know, big property, and like you said, it's almost as beautiful as the Hard Rock down here. And they're going to have a circuit event in February, so uh, we'll look forward to that. Anyway, let's take a break here on the show. We'll talk about a couple other things when we get back. Uh, you can always find Poker Action Line on wherever you get your uh, your podcast, Stitcher, or uh, iTunes. Uh, SoundCloud is the, probably the best place to get it, where you can actually uh, turn your friends on to it uh, via email or uh, text message and uh, send a link over to that. So we hope you'll uh, pick that up there. And uh, certainly a lot of places to get it. Uh, Hold'em Radio Network is a good place to hear the show as well. So... Uh, check us out every week, and we'll be bringing you some good guests here. We'll try to get some uh, more tweets out during the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open when the big names come to town, and we'll try to see how many of them we can collar for some interviews and bring them in and play them 
here on the show. Anyway, we'll be back with uh, our conclusion of the show. When we come back, you're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll return after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. on the program, Big Dave and Joe finishing things out. I wanted to mention uh, the numbers came out for June for Encore Boston Harbor. They opened on June 23rd, so there was just eight days left in the month and they generated $16.8 million. Not the poker room, but the casino. casino. And there's not a breakdown of what the poker room did, but supposedly there's like 80 tables there or something like that. But uh, it, just for a comparison, uh, it's more than Plain Ridge Park had been doing in an entire month. Uh, just 3.2 million shy of MGM Springfield. So uh, for eight days. For eight days. Yeah. So we haven't got any July numbers, which is July just ending now, obviously. But uh, that means most they of it were coming in a little over two million dollars a day for eight days. Yeah, there was right? a, and the people are just crazy up there. For uh, they've been waiting for this for a long time, but. I can remember last fall when uh, the uh, Suffolk Downs, Sterling Suffolk Racecourse, which operates uh, Suffolk Downs in Boston, had actually filed a lawsuit, said that uh, Wynn Resorts had violated the RICO Act 
and uh, there was organized crime involved, and uh, that the land that they built on was just full of carcinogens, which they knew that they had to clean that up, and they spent like $68 million removing tons of soil and sediment uh, to do a cleanup there. But there's a lot of talk that uh, arsenic uh, is still in that land up there. And so they came up with all these stories to try to keep them from actually opening. Couldn't do it. And now here they're doing that kind of numbers. But uh, if you if you want a comparison for something here in Florida, uh, the Isle Casino does about 12 million in the winter months. You know during the season. And uh, last month they did you're like nine about, million. You're talking about the revenue. Poker room. Rev, no, re, no, the casino. Uh, 12 million in a mo- in a month. I'm talking about. In a month. The uh, revenue. Yes, yes. So 12 million in a month. Nine million uh, was June for them for the slots. Uh, basically, in the uh, the casino part of the business, yeah, but they don't have the table games. Basically, over there? Um, well, Coconut Creek, obviously, and then uh, no, no, I'm not talking. Oh, about you them. know, I'm talking about the, the, yeah, uh, just in Springfield, and uh, then down uh, outside of Boston, which I don't know Plain how Ridge far Park. it is, but you're talking about three. You got a bigger metropolis of, of you know bigger draw of people into those things. I guarantee you those casinos are a lot bigger than what we have down here, maybe outside of the Hard Rock. Yeah, well... You know, and even then, it's probably bigger than the Hard Rock. So, you know, when you think about it, you know, what do we got within 30 miles of each other here? You know, let's go... Yeah, eight or nine. You go from Coco and, and, and the Isle, which are roughly on the same parallel except a few miles up there. So you're talking one, two... Then you come down to uh, Dania, Dania, Hard Rock, Mardi uh, Mardi Gras, Gulfstream, Calder for the slots. Right. Okay. Keep coming down. Magic City, Hialeah, Hialeah, us. Okay, and Miccosukee, and now, well, that's a little further, but that's about within the 30-mile to 35, 40-mile radius. Yeah, exactly. So look how many places you've got to go, you know, to spend that money. Well, obviously, uh, on a scale up there, it's uh, totally different, but then, of course, have Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, so probably about 100 miles away for there. But uh, anyway, I just want to make that... uh, Statement there that uh, it's everything they thought it would be, and no matter and how many some. things, people, <laughs> no matter and how many some. things people give up to try to fight you, uh-huh. certainly it's uh, going to be difficult. You know, you asked me something right before we came on the air. Yeah, I'd uh, love to answer that for you about the table captain. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll save this one for next week. But okay. the dealer chick wrote a story. And I was just going to uh, say, because I was going to tell you something, but if you're going to save it for next week, I won't make a comment. Okay, well, you can make a comment. Uh, uh, she says I, the table captains annoy her. That was just about to say. See, you see, you beat me to it. <laughs> you said you wanted me to say. I was going to say, dealers hate table captains, because all they do... I thought it was an official position or no, something. No, that's uh, an insult, actually, to tell somebody it's because they're the ones who are going, oh, it's your blind. you got to put it up. Oh, no, mate, no, he checked, you know. And and they're trying to run the game, and it's so annoying. And the way I used to handle that was the nice way of doing it was, hey, thanks for the help, but I'm not going to share my tips with you, you know, was 
my way of trying to do it <laughs> nice so line. they can laugh and shut up. But even then, some of them just do not take the hint. Here, so. here was her line. She said, uh, thanks, but I'm the, t- I'm the table captain. That, that, that's why they gave me the sexy black shirt and let me sit in the big chair. Well, like I said, similar to me saying, you know, you pick up your own way of saying it. For me, like I said, I'm not going to share my tips with you. So, yeah, dealers hate table captains, you yeah. know, because. Anyway, it's an interesting story about how someone barged in and uh, suggested oh, that a guy make a tip. We can still talk about we'll this have, next week. We'll have, we'll some, have fun. some fun we'll have with some this. Fun you with know, I've enjoyed week. all her columns, so. Okay, getting underway here in South Florida. The Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open starts tomorrow, August 1st. Also, the Triton Super High Roller Series over in London. That'll be a big one we'll be keeping an eye on. And, of course, uh, down the road we'll have uh, Seminole Seminole Coconut Creek with their uh, circuit event. So lots of stuff to talk about as we move into the fall here. Our thanks to uh, Andrew Nemi. spent some time with me on Monday. And also uh, uh, the best to the family of uh, Kevin Roster and uh, a very sad story but uh, a lot of respect for that dude for sure I certainly agree and like I said rest in peace Kevin and I certainly hope that his family you know again our condolences to them but I'm sure you know in the long run they're happy that he's no longer suffering yeah hopefully the poker world will do something positive absolutely touched a lot of lives in a very short period of time thanks to poker which is which is a great uh, for the there's no greater thing than if you can touch some lives buddy that's 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 how you get remembered for all time thanks for being with us geo thank you for all your help as usual we'll catch you all next week in another edition of poker action line The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.